Hi, I'm Ez. I'm Dove. And welcome to the Let Me Talk podcast. Crazy. Um, okay, so let's let's start this off. What do you want to start with? Do you want to start with like random stuff? Do you want to start because I have like I have I've split it up into categories for the, for this. Are we recording right now? We are. Um, well, I'd like to just congratulate real quick. I think it's a big deal. Is uh, uh like that though. I don't think it's a huge tra- turnaround, but I don't know. His last two games, one of them was a big one. All right, I know what we're starting with. Then I have a whole a whole thing on them now. Um. Saka's goal. He, that was absurd. He claimed he claimed to have done it on purpose. No way. I don't know how much of that is true. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. No, you know what If they say they meant to, they didn't mean to. If they said it was an accident, then they meant to. Yeah, but what if what if you replaced Saka with a four foot tall Argentinian who goes by the name of Lionel Messi? Then it was on purpose. Yeah, it's a same same goes for Ronaldo. Same goes for. Uh, look, I mean, I, he's very good. That's for sure. Sokka is very good. Ridiculous. But that goal, I, I don't know, it definitely did look like a cross more than a shot. It did. Who was he? Who was he giving it to though? I didn't see if it was like if there was somebody in that vicinity. You know what I mean? It didn't really look like it. It looked like he was going for the back post, and it was just a really yeah. poor cross that ended up in that top corner. Um, but yeah, Arsenal, they just finished today. They literally just finished their win against Brighton. Great goal taken by Lacazette, which is a sentence I thought I'd never say this year. Um, but yeah, something seems, I I don't want to say too soon. I don't want to say that like Arteta has figured out how to get the gears going and he's found some way to click it together. Because, you know, it's Arsenal and things are going to change, probably, from what they're yeah, wanting. They're still only in 13th place. Now, granted, 13th place is, is between 13th and 10th. So, right. you know, i got to keep that in mind. But right. Still, they're only 13th, depending on how Wolves do right now. Right, but there's, they're also still a few points off of relegation. They're not, like, far away from relegation. I, I don't want to say relegation because, like... That's not yeah, something that's very conceivable for Arsenal. As we've discussed, everything is close except for 19th and 20th. Everything is close. And, you know, the last three. But yeah, everything is very close. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to say turnaround too quickly because they're still, <laughs> they're still really bad. Um uh, you know, the the goals, obviously, like, the performance they put in against Chelsea was strangely good, and Chelsea was awful, in my opinion. They were, especially with, with the resources they have, terrible. So, wait, so what would you attribute the victory? Would you say, good job, Arteta, or poor job, Lampard's players? I would say I would say a little bit of both. Obviously, yeah, Arsenal. No, 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 no. Obviously, you get to say a little bit of both. If you had to stick to one side, mostly. Did, did not not Lampard. Did his players? Um, 
Did Mikel Arteta finally figure something out? If you had to attribute it to one or the other, I would go with Lampard, with Chelsea underperforming incredibly. Because the first goal they gave up was a penalty. The first goal they conceded was a penalty, and it was uh, just a poor... Like, Reese James, I think it was Reese James. Like, I don't know why he would go in like that. It was so stupid. Um, and, like, I, there was no sense of, like, attack. I don't even, I don't want to say, like, you know, playing well or, like, putting pass together, blah, blah, blah. There was just no sense of attack all around from Chelsea. Uh, and, yeah, they have, like, Three million euros worth of attack. Yeah, yeah, and and Werner is just a shadow of his former self in Germany, and and Havertz is also in the same position. Pulisic had a pretty good game. I mean, for a loss, he had a pretty good game. Who'd you say, Pulisic? Yeah. Yeah, Pulisic. I mean, he was he was probably their best player, but it's not saying much because nobody else was really good, or good, let alone really good. Yeah. I mean... It's kind, of it's kind of sad when, you know, the guys who are scoring most of the Chelsea goals are not a million, millions of euros players. And ex- exactly, like, the yeah. guy the guy who scores for them is Tammy Abraham. And... And then Giroud, like, the two most underused players at least in the attack the two most underused players by chelsea are the on paper are the better players within you know the past whatever appearances yeah and and that was something that like blew my mind was i, I didn't even re- like i didn't even think about it and it's so obvious that chelsea went and bought Werner and havertz and like obviously there was a huge you know, um, mismatch of like top, like top heavy and and bottom heavy, whatever, and they were way too top heavy. Um, and they did add some defensive reinforcements, but like they have Giroud and they have Tammy Abraham, and they went and bought Werner. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, I. I'm sure he'll pick it up, but why would they get him in the first place? You know, to me, it seemed like to me, it almost seemed like a man you getting Alexis Sanchez. So Man City couldn't get Alexis Sanchez or something or like they got Fred. So City couldn't get Fred. Like, so here's, but here's probably why, because this has been discussed before. It's a head scratcher. Um, would you rely on Giroud after all of the seasons that wherever he was Arsenal? Would you rely on Giroud as a backup for Tammy Abraham? Yes. Oh, uh, that's not what you used to say, homie. That's not what I used to say. That's not what I look. That's not what I used to say because yes, he is. was. Po- I no, I meant sorry. That is what I used to say. My bad. That is what I used to say. But that's coming off. Poor performances at Arsenal because he has no... They had zero, like, structure. They weren't a good... They weren't a good team. I mean, they didn't have this... They don't. They didn't have the same guys that Chelsea has supporting the attack. You know what I mean? 
Like the guys Chelsea has now, the guys Chelsea have now are better than the guys that Arsenal had in their build-up play, in their attack. And and so when you have guys like that supporting Giroud, who is a phenomenal striker, it's it only gets better from there. And and you know also you know he didn't even register like a shot on target at the World Cup, but like again, I mean he's on a much better attacking team now. And also you know Abraham like rely on him, start him. He was unbelievable last season. You know, he was pivotal in a top four finish. Like, who says he can't help in a top four finish or even, like, a, a Premier League win? Like... Yeah, I mean, he's doing it. He's doing it, but that's not what we would have said last year. If I would have said last season, we wouldn't have said that for two seasons ago. Right, but I think, I think if... And even during the World Cup, like you just said, when he had the guys to support him in the attack, he wasn't attacking like that. It, the people scoring goals were Griezmann and uh, uh, Mbappe. That was it. In in the World Cup, it was different though because he was being used mostly as a hold up player. He wasn't being used as an out and out striker, whereas Mbappe and Griezmann were being used as strikers more so. Giroud is mostly a pass it to him. He's big enough and strong enough to bring it down or, you know, get it up to him and he'll nod it down or for corners and stuff. Yeah. In the World Cup, he wasn't so much used as a as a striker. Oh, what a ball from Pogba. Oh, yeah, you're watching United uh, with Wolves right now? Yeah. Oh, that should be a pen. Yeah, of course it should be a pen. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was just, it's mind-blowing. Like, I get it. It's Timo Werner. You know, they have the chance to get him. I think, you know, 10 times out of 10, any coach, any any owner, you know, any person would say, yeah, let's go for it. But if, if they would really stop and think about it, which is I don't think that what they did, they would realize that they do not need... To get him, they could have they could have put the money they spent on Werner into like I don't know anything else. Better defense, they have a better. They could have gotten like an even better goalkeeper than Mendy. Like they could, they probably could have gotten Oblak if they wanted to. No way! No, 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 no! That would never happen. Why not? Why wouldn't it happen? Ooh. I mean, not anymore, since they're actually, like, top of the league or second in the league. But they could have, they they definitely could have put the resources to better use than getting Werner. They could have gotten, honestly, they didn't really need any. The first one was Ziyech. Ziyech was already in. That is, yeah, that is, stop that. he should have, you know, maybe Havertz and Ziyech and that's oh. it, but not even Havertz, like, uh, yeah. stop it, Ziyech, somebody who can play forward and score goals also, 
and help out and create. And it, yeah, it would have been great for one of the wings or the the attacking midfield spot. He got carried away. He got carried away. He's like, wow, Abramovich. Yeah. Give me some more money. I'll get some crazy players. It became it became more and more FIFA career mode. Yeah, that's the joke everybody makes. It's the joke everybody makes, but it's so true. He just kept he kept going with it. Oh, dude. And like Tiago Silva, it's just a weird. It makes sense. It was a good move, but like it, you know. But yeah, Havertz and 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 Werner not. Not my pick. No, definitely not. You would have said that before, because at the beginning of the season, everyone was saying... Right, but I, I was saying that there was a... a like, who are they going to play? That That's what was going through my mind, was they already have Pulisic, they already have Mount, they already have... They, they had Ziyech, who is coming in soon, right? They have Abraham, they have Giroud, they have... Um, who else did they have before before this season started? Right, they have. Um, let's see. They have Hudson Adoy, who's also on a, on the wings, who's great. They had. Right. They have. Let's see. That's one, two, three, four. Four guys who are, you know, wing who can play on the wings, and then two of the four are more of like attacking midfield creative players. And Havertz is also, you know, uh, I still don't know because that would have just been another, just the third guy who's fighting for. That's the problem. They just got, they have all these guys now who are world class players who deserve starting spots, and not all of them are getting starting spots. Yeah, and I wouldn't uh, be I wouldn't be surprised if if this Chelsea team falls apart. Hey, I would like you to remember that I said they're not title contenders. But not title contenders. I I see at least three of these guys leaving within the next two seasons. Leaving. Yeah, that would be so bad for their careers. It would. It wouldn't be. It would be great for them because they have three. They have three. You know, they have three great strikers who each deserve starting spots every single match week. For for most teams. Yeah, but teams only play people that play well. Right? Right, but if, if they don't get the chance to consistently play, they don't have the chance to really test themselves, they don't really have the chance to see how well they'll do or to improve. If you keep swapping them out, if you keep doing like, all right, let's do Werner this week and then Abraham next week and then Giroud the next and then keep the rotation. Or if you start playing guys out of position, like putting Griezmann on the wing or putting Werner on the wing, you're just... That's what they're doing with Timo Werner. They're, they keep, keep putting him on the wing. And I, he just... He's never played like that at, at Leipzig. He was always the front man. He would always play in a front two with Poulsen, or he would play up front by himself and and lead the attack. And now you have him playing on the wing, playing that supporting role. Uh, I just don't see how that works out. And then the same thing for Havertz. Like, Mason Mount has proved himself as a good 
I don't want to say good, but solid player to fill in that creative midfield role. Havertz has done nothing to do the same so far. But he's not getting the same amount. Like, they're not going to get the same amount of time. Same thing with ZF. I think ZF's injured now. But when he comes back, it's just going to be more and more problems. Because talent-wise, he is far above and beyond Havertz and Mount put together. Oh, Werner? Werner. Zia. Oh, yeah. So for that creative midfield role, you know, and then flash flashback to two seasons ago, three seasons, what are one of the two seasons ago, three seasons ago, Chelsea were fighting off Bayern Munich for Callum Hudson and Adoy to stay. And they got him to stay, and now they're saying, all right, screw you. We have Pulisic, we have Ziyech, we have Werner, we have Havertz, we have Mount. And like, how does how is a guy supposed to take that? How is a player supposed to take that? Not okay, fine. Like you know, they're still sticking with me. Clearly, they're not. I mean, they play him, then they just play him. They just played him, but he. I think he came. Didn't he come on late? Yeah. If I remember, he didn't. Okay, so he came. He was starting against Villa. Trying to create an environment of um, competitive camaraderie. You know what I mean? I see what you mean. Yeah. And look, this is just like I'm, I'm reading a book now called Legacy. I think by Jim Kerr. It's about it's about achievement and being the best, and it uses the New Zealand All Blacks as right. an example. And at the first couple of chapters goes through different coaching styles of sports. You know, famous coaches like, uh, oh, who's uh, Lombardi? Lombardi? Vince Lombardi? Yeah, and all these guys and their coaching styles to create greatness and be the best and turn these organizations into like winning organizations and doing amazing things. And maybe just as part of a coaching style, that person do something unique and different. He's got all these young guys, and he knows he knows that let's let's call it Hudson Odoi at the bottom of this talent. Right? Let's just imagine in La La Land that he's at the bottom of this talent list, and Werner is at the top, right? And you have sure. Like and Zia and Mount. Right. And he's putting these guys in the same environment so they can uplift each other. He's got all these guys. He knows he can't play them all at the same time. But if he creates as a as a good figurehead and leader. This uh, this this aura of competitive camaraderie. They want to be the ones that start. They compete, but they still become good friends at that like friendly age, and they push each other to be better. And as a team, they're, I mean, like, look, I, I'm making it up. I'm trying to see. No, I see what you mean. You're looking at I, the at the positive side. I just I, I'm not done. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's easy to say that he got carried away by. He's a dumbass. He bought too many guys. He doesn't know how to handle. He's too young of a coach. He's not that experienced. He can't do it. They're gonna fall apart. I hear that. Hey, I don't want to hear that. No. Is what he's do. I I hear that and I agree. I think that that very well could be his goal. And honestly, it makes sense if if he's bringing those kinds of guys in and he has you know a good amount. The problem is is that he got carried away with how many of those kinds of guys he has. Cause he's he almost ha he has like 
Not like he has two teams that that he like rotates almost because of this hectic schedule. He had one team that played against Chelsea, uh, played against Arsenal. Great team, you know. All eleven guys are are world class talents, and then he makes six six changes for the Villa game two days later. And it's the same caliber team, which is which is crazy to me because if you have too much, it's it's too much of a good thing. That's what it is. And I do like the style that he has going of getting good young guys and and some good established guys, and then trying to get them for a more of a kind of competitive cohesion angle but he has too much of it and now it's turning into you know now who's gonna play and okay well he's not doing that well let's put him in this position or you know it it's starting to make more confusion than than cohesion i mean that's, that's the risk you run when you do something like that i mean right but when you Let's say we look back at um, – let's see. Let's say we look at the Manu roster of 2008 and 2009, right? Okay. I th- I'm thinking. I'm not sure this is the right – Here, let's see. Um, sorry. No, go back. No, this is not where my phone stopped working just now. You mean your six hundred dollar phone? Yeah, exactly. Champions League two thousand and ten. That's what I want. Right. We have the Champions League final two thousand ten between I believe Chelsea and Man U. No, that was. Bayern and Inter. So which year was it? Was it? Oh, it was 08. Mixing up all my all my teams here. No, it was Bayern and Inter. That was 2010. That was uh, Jose's like third treble or second treble or whatever. Um, But let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Pre-match match. I'm on Wikipedia. I want the lineups. So the starting lineup for United yeah. was Van der Sar, Wes Brown, Rio Ferdinand, Vidic, Patrice Evra, Hargreaves, Skulls, Carrick, Ronaldo, Rooney, Tevez. Say it again. Rooney, Tevez. Ronaldo. Yeah, that's a scary. That's a scary. That is a scary lineup. Then you look at the bench, and there isn't that many. But Darren Fletcher was a solid midfielder. Luis Nani was great at the time. Ryan Giggs was also still great. Um, it's I don't think this is a great example, but it was a team like that. In, in, in which wasn't 
I don't get it, so therefore I don't agree. It is a bad example. This is a team like that. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find a. T it's. Let's see. Let's see. I can't. I can't really put a pin on it. It's. Or it's more of like a. Like Real Madrid. Of the 2000s or like early 2010s, they, they it's it's almost like that, but they did it better. They had great players. They always had a great starting lineup, but there were really good players on the bench. Yeah, that, but we know, know Madrid's philosophy. Right, we know, philosophy. We know their philosophy. It's a it's a different. Right. I don't think that's what Lampard's trying to do. Lampard's Lampard has stars, but he doesn't have stars. He has kids, right? Ziyech, Havertz, and Werner are not old guys. They're not twenty-seven, right? Sure. Yes. No, I know what you mean. It's just the the problem turns into having a bench that's full of starters. And it's only getting worse for Chelsea, in my mind. I don't know. That's just what I, that's just how I, I'm thinking of it. That's fair. That's fair. But think about it. We're, we're actually making our way to my, to my theory, right? It works. You know it works to buy a team of starters and even have starters on the bench. How do we know? Because Madrid used to do it. They don't do it anymore because they're a bunch of fools. But they used to do it and they did great. Right? Right. Was on the team, people on the bench there would, would be starting on any team in the world right now. Forever. Their team was insane. Right? So we know that you can buy a team full of starters and put starters on the bench. We also know that camaraderie in the team totally works out. And I don't think what I'm saying is novel. I don't think what Lampard is doing is novel. He's just trying to do it for Chelsea. Right. He's got to go for which he was close with. We can buy a lot of good stars. I'll make them love each other. They'll be really competitive, but they'll be really good together. And they'll just work. And hopefully it works. That's, that's like the other part of coaching. You can't tell your boss. You can't tell the owner of the club as a manager. And hopefully it works. Because it's like a silent, you know, that isn't said. This is my strategy. Right. This is... This looks like his strategy. He can't say the moment, and hopefully it works. Right. <laughs> that would be a death sentence. That's not how you get money. No. That's not only how you get a job, only either. If only if your president is Joseph Bartomeu, can you say, and hopefully it works. Yeah, but he's, he's said that for the past 10 years, and look where Barca is now. <laughs> no, that's why the managers suck. Yeah. The same thing. They go, we're gonna do this and this and this, and then we'll start Messi, and we'll see if it works. Yeah, it's it's not looking it's good. It's cute. It's cute. Um. Okay, fine. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. My prediction for their team is that it's something's gonna f start falling apart within the next couple seasons. That's how I think it's gonna go. And look, hopefully it doesn't go like that. Chelsea stays together. They keep a really strong competitive team, and the Premier League stays really, really good, especially the top half of it. 
Oh, I'm sure I will. Did you see? You see uh, the places between um, what was it? Sixth and like ninth? I think sixth and ninth place. What about them? Um, no, sorry, fifth and ninth place. They all have twenty six points. Holy shit! Everybody has twenty six points. That's insane. It's insane. Any any game, any game. Emily, let me just see. It's Villa, Chelsea, Spurs, City, Southampton. Yeah, um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Villa play United next, right? Yeah. Villa play United next. Oh shoot, my phone's being wacky. Um, I'm trying to figure out if any of those teams play each other. I don't think they do. Right, Spurs play Fulham. They might not. Chelsea play. Oh, Chelsea play City. Okay, fine. Chelsea play City. But yeah, almost all those teams play a different club. That's gonna be oh, the next match day is pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yes. And of course, some of those teams have games in hand, some don't, some have two, whatever. It's gonna be a crazy season. That's all. That's all anyone can say. That's all I'm gonna say. How did everything go back to third? Can you explain that to me? I thought they were like on nothing. I really ago. don't. But that was the thing, exactly. Like we and like you've been stressing is that. So what? They've been in ninth. They were still two points off of top spot because everyone between first and ninth is within three points of each other, five points of each other. And that's good for the top four because that means nobody can stay comfy. Oh, nobody. Uh, there's no chance. I, I mean, really have to lose their next four four matches. Obviously, who? Liverpool. I hope they lose to Newcastle tomorrow, oh. which is very unlikely, but hopefully. But hey, look. Sam, Big Sam pulled off a draw at Anfield to to crush their 100% record. That's true. That's true. So hopefully again this year. But then they, but then they got absolutely obliterated by Leeds today. So I don't know. Wait, who got obliterated by Leeds today? West Brom. West Brom already tied Liverpool. The next game against Newcastle. They just played Leeds today. Who played? What? West oh, Brom just played Leeds today. They lost 5 0. Oh, you're saying so that tie against Liverpool was just a fluke on Liverpool? I don't know. I think they got, I think Liverpool definitely got a little psyched out from it. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, look, if they're going to lose the next three uh, Premier League matches, it, it better be against yeah, we, you know, who. We can't do all the calculations yet, but I like where your head's at. Just as for spirit and soul, it better be against they better lose against you know who on the seventeenth. I don't know who you're saying, but they play Southampton, which is going to be a tough match for them. United play them on the seventeenth. Oh, oh, that's exciting. Oh, and the day after my birthday, they play Spurs. That's going to be great. Oh, hopefully it's a good birthday present and not a shit one. Amen. Um, but yeah, my because I, I I like wrote down stuff for Arsenal, and the only thing I could write down was London Derby. What the fuck? Because it, it was just out of nowhere. It was just. It was out of nowhere. But is it out of nowhere? 
it is. It is. Nobody expected Arsenal to even, you know, register three shots, let alone three goals. Would you say it was expected of Lampard to underperform again? No. I don't think anyone expected them to underperform. Personally, I didn't. I expected them to... If they had a poor performance, I would have expected a 2-0 win from Chelsea or a 2-1 win. And if it was a good performance, it would have been an annihilation of Arsenal and Arteta probably would have like lost the job. Yeah. And then... Yeah, it just made no sense. And he ruined my uh, my little idea that I had for Arsenal, which was to hire Henri. <laughs> And then oh, see if they could do a little nostalgia thing like everyone else has got going. But oh, it, it pulls in money, but it's, I don't care. Uh, no, I don't think it's a good idea either. No. He still has to prove himself at, where is he now? Montreal? Well, Montreal I'm, Impact. I'm surfing Instagram right now, and I just came across a picture of Francesco Totti with Messi after a Champions League match. And? I don't know. I just, I mean, I just, I love the picture because oh. they're like, that's all, that's the whole thing. <laughs> I actually had a really strange dream this week. I, I had this dream that we, I don't know where we were. We were somewhere. Not sure, like, 100% where, but we were somewhere. And in this, like, big backyard, it was like a hotel or something. And in the yard of this, this like courtyard of this hotel in Italy, there was this massive soccer field. Wow. And none other, okay. none other than like Totti, Cannavaro, Pirlo, all these guys are playing there. And this one of those, this is one of those, uh, those, uh, commercials, what's commercials with those? Like the, the Nike ones? Yeah. They're like the Pepsi ones, yeah. And and we're like poking our heads out the window and watching them and going absolutely bananas when they do some cool shit. And then all of a sudden they look at us, like Tati looks at us and says in perfect English, do you guys want to come play with us? And I was like, holy shit. And then we, we ran downstairs and then I woke up and I was fuming. Yeah, I was... It was an exciting dream, though. That was that was my highlight of the week. No, probably not. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I wish that actually happened. Did you watch um, Barcelona today? Yeah, uh, do I want to talk about it? Not really, but... No, nothing, I mean, no. <laughs> I feel like we've already spoken enough about Barcelona on this podcast to get at least 10 minutes per episode for the next 100 episodes. Yeah, it probably would. <laughs> we've spoken about it a lot. But uh, whatever, let's touch on it. Today was weird... They played with a back three, which I'm really not liking because they only have three center backs. Yeah, why? How come Messi didn't play? I th- I really don't know. I understand because it was Ibar, and they don't want to like this. I I feel like it's a waste, right? 
but they still played with a really strange lineup. And it it wasn't... I didn't think it was going to work out from the start. Like, Braithwaite in the front, and then Pedri and Griezmann behind, but on either side of him. A back three... And then Firpo and Des on either side, which is fine. And then Pjanic and De Jong. There's three attacking players in that. Ten. Three out of ten of those guys can attack. Yeah, that, that is kind of weird. Where's Coutinho? Like, six, six of those guys, five of them are raw defenders, and one of them is a defensive-minded midfielder, and then one of them is just semi creative kind of attacking and then sort of he's just kind of a midfielder really Pjanic. Dembele came on at the half Coutinho came on and Trincao came on in the 66th minute uh Busquets came on in the 82nd and Puig came in in the 90th like I just I mean maybe because it was Ibar maybe because Ibar wanted to trust him in there he had uh, you know yeah but but even if it's Ibar, like, you have to put more than just three attacking guys in there. And when you, and when, when, um, Coutinho and Trincao came on and Dembele was already on, it, it completely flipped. It was, it was drastically, like, if you, did you see, did you watch the game? Um, sort of. I saw a bunch of it. I saw, I I, I, I mean, you heard it more than saw it, but I heard it more exciting for Barca in the second half. I had to put the players on. Yeah, so it was... It more who's and ahs. More who's and ahs. You know, it's, it's changed when it goes who's and ahs, you know. Yeah, and it was it was much better. Per, much better performance, at least in the attack in the second half. And... Well, I can't really say that. I, I saw bits and pieces of the first. I didn't get to see the full first half. But when when Coutinho and Trincao came on, there was definitely a complete change in the attack. This The goal they scored was beautifully worked. On the left side, they played quick, triangular passing formation, quick movements, one touch, one touch, one touch. Played it through to Firpo, who crossed it, and Dembele scores. Like it was, it was well done. They opened up the space. They used just free movement. They worked with each other, and they found a way to the goal. And then, you know, it they kept pushing forward and pushing forward. And Ibar got lucky. The goalkeeper was pulling off great saves, but it was just, it was a completely different side when they came on to help Dembele and Pedri. It's just weird to me that he would even think to have, you know, seven defending guys and then three attackers and be like, all right, let's see how this works. Like, if you want to play around with it, at least put it together where it'll actually make sense. You know? Well, I hear that. I hear that. I did hear him talk about when the opposition scored who messed up. I didn't see it who messed up, but I... Heard about Yeah, that was also kind of whack. 
It was just, he just kind of stood there for a minute. I'm afraid he might get ahead of himself. Who? Araujo? As like, you know, he's the new, um, he's the new center back that Barca are using to replace their old ones. And he, you know, he scored a wicked goal, he's done really well, he's already got some highlight reels, blah, blah, blah. Right. I, like I don't think he's at that point, and I think I think he knows he's not at that point because Mingueza has been getting more minutes than he has. Yeah, but I think Mingueza is the guy who's who keep it together. I think he's got his head on. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I agree with you, but also like I don't think Mingueza should have the starting spot yet. I don't think either of them deserve the spot of PK. What they, sh- what they should do what they should do is rotate between the two of them every couple matches. Rotate between the two of them. Make sure that, you know, they each get a sense of what it's like to take up the mantle of being the new starting center back from, for Barcelona. I almost said Manu. For Barcelona. But instead, he's but instead he's either gonna play Araujo and Mingueza together, or play all of their center backs together, risking everything pretty much in their defense. Yeah. It's it's super. I do not know what Coleman's angle is. It's really frustrating me. But I don't think you're alone. By the way, I don't think Coleman knows what Coleman's angle is. <laughs> Seriously though, it's it's. Like, there are games where he puts out a lineup and it makes sense, and it's like, wow, this guy really knows what he's going for. And then there are games like this where it's just... What? Yeah. Like, do you need meds? Are you off your meds? Are you okay? Like... What's going on? It it doesn't make sense. It's so weird. And, And something... I don't know. He just needs to figure out how to make sense in how he's putting teams together. I, I think I think he has the right idea in how he wants to go with it tactically and his coaching style and how he wants to deal with his players. But his his lineups and like putting it all together is just not making any sense. And that's I think that's the final piece of the puzzle for me. I think he should, if he's going to do what you just say, he should play Mingueza for, for more important games because I do think he's better. Yes, I agree. I definitely agree with that. I think like games like Ibar or Levante or, or um, you know, games like that, like Alaves, it should be more like Araujo's kind of role. And then for games like Betis, Valencia, Sevilla, Villarreal... The Madrids, it should be more, you know, Mingueza's time to shine. And and look, you can also put Araujo in there for those big games too. If if there's injury or if there's form concerns or if Araujo having like a great run of games where he's just on top of his game and they're not, you know, they have clean sheets. But I think Mingueza should get the nod ahead of him. Yeah. Also, he's got a better beard. Also, he's got better beard and better hair. But um, on to Italy, where Milan 
is the I think the only team in Europe's top leagues to be undefeated so far after Juve got cooked by. Uh, oh yeah, by uh, Fiorentina. It was a Fiorentina, yeah, yeah. Red card three nil. I totally forgot that. Um... Oh oh, I thought Ronaldo. It says Quadrado. I thought it said Cristiano. <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> uh, I totally forgot that. Um... Ribery was on uh, Yeah. Yeah, same here. And he's still really good. Did he? He didn't score against them, but he. Uh, I don't I guess he had a great performance. Everybody was talking about it. I never saw the highlights. I meant to, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the only team to be undefeated. And they have, like, an average age of, like, 12, and their leading player is 40. Wait, oh. Milan. Yeah. yeah. It's it's turning out to be crazier and crazier every week, I think. Yeah, Milan and Pep's dad. Milan and Pep's dad. Which is a good call, by the way. I like that. He es- looks like Pep's dad. Especially because he's like, he wears jack like suits and turtlenecks and stuff. All he's tan, he yells in that, you know, Latin sort of way with the hand moving. And he's just like a beard. He's got so little Right. Beard. Exactly. That's hilarious. They're probably the same age. No, I think he, I think Pioli is older. He looks it, at least. Pioli is... 55? Seems really young. Yeah, it's a lot younger than I thought. And Pep is forty nine. Oh, they're so close in age. Yeah, they're very close. They're brothers. They could definitely. Yeah, they could be. They very well could be. Or like cousins. Or cousins. Um, but yeah, that's a very good call. But yeah, so Juve is is no longer up there. Well, not up there, but Milan is the only undefeated team. Um, and then, uh, this is just kind of like a random list of things that I've found throughout the week. Um, Kieran Trippier got banned for 10 weeks. Oh, because for, of gambling, right? Yeah, for some betting, betting violation. I didn't really read up on it, but I heard about it. And I'm like, yeah, I heard too. how, how, it's so, f- it's stupid, but it's funny to me that all these, English guys keep getting screwed. All of them. All of them. Well, for what? Juan Bissaka and his lady issues, and Phil Foden and and Mason Greenwood for their lady issues. Karen Trippier for betting violations. Um, uh, there was like a handful. I don't remember all of them. I don't know, man. Everybody's got their, uh... Creed? Uh, I guess it's their, is it their Creed? No, everybody's got their, uh... Maybe it's Creed. I don't know. Everybody's got their thing. Everybody's got their thing. I don't know. I think it's Creed. It's so weird. And then the one... There's only one guy who's keeping it together. And not only keeping it together, but... You know, being a, a role model. And it's Marcus Rashford. Uh, Marcus Rashford is the role model. Yeah. It's not uh, Captain Kane. 
No, because I'm sure that guy's got some weird stuff going on, too. I also, like, Kyle Walker breaking protocols for some sex party. Like, these English guys are weird, man. Yeah, I, don't, I think Harry Kane's pretty much normal, I would assume. You know what his problem is? His voice. He can't speak English. Can't speak English? Can't speak English for, for no, the man, life of him. You went to hear that in the news? Harry Kane suspended for... Uh... Not speaking English well. No, you know what it would be? It would be like talking to a ref, but accidentally, like, spitting on him because he has a lisp. Yeah, or he thinks he says shit, but really he was just saying something else that sounds like shit, but isn't. <laughs> yeah, sit. He was telling his dog to sit, and then he was accused of yelling shit in the middle of a park or something. Oh, wow. Shit, um, yeah, but it's so funny that these English guys just keep left and right, just have these problems, and they don't, it's like, it comes up, and it's not like something that's kind of tarnishing anyone's names, it's more of like, yo, did you hear about this? And then it's done, and it's like, all right, let's move on, but it just keeps coming up, and no one, I don't think anyone's paying enough attention about it. And instead, it's it, it goes it goes to, like, Raheem Sterling for getting a gun tattoo on his leg, and everybody loses their shit. He gets a what on his leg? You didn't hear about this in the World yeah. Cup? What did he get a tattoo of? I think he was Piers Morgan or something like that. Some one of those absolute dickhead newscaster, whatever sportscaster guys in England. Yeah. He got a tattoo on his left leg, on his calf of a rifle. Of a rifle. Like a. Oh, because he can fire goals. Yeah, because he can shoot. He's a beast. Whatever. It's uh, it's yeah, a statement. It's like, it's like putting a cannon on your arm if you're, like, a good quarterback. That, that was straight from, yeah. like, Jump Street or whatever. Or, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I hear you. And the guy was, like, going... And, and granted, like, Raheem Sterling gets shit in the media all the time, which is disgusting because they, like, every time... It's the same. It's the same situation in like Germany with Ozil, where it's like if he's good, he's German; if he's bad, he's Turkish. So if he's good, he's English; if he's bad, he's Jamaican. It's it's pretty fucked up. That's so harsh. And and like he does get flack for for you know bad performances or things like that that shouldn't get bad attention. And they he tweeted the guy tweeted and was like. I can't believe, you know, with all the gun violence and, you know, this and that, and he goes and gets a tattoo of his gun on his leg, and he's going to go and, like, present himself as an England representative to the world on the World Cup stage. So I'm like, so like, those are the things they pay attention to, but pay attention to, pay attention to, but when it comes to, like, Two teenage England talents decide to... Forget that. No, you forget even that. I mean, if you want to take it to the world of sports... Mind-blowing. Think about people... I mean, I know it's a different kind of thing, and I know it's, it's, it's sort of part of the sport, 
But the things people say to each other in press conferences that are watched worldwide for fighters and in the UFC and the boxing world, I mean, that stuff is awful. That stuff is... You mean in terms of like... You mean in terms it's of like... It's more awful than getting a, a, a symbolic rifle on your leg because you're your team's like next top scorer. Right, what but are you, are you saying in terms of athlete to athlete sportsmanship or athlete to media, outside media, outside opinions? Yeah. If a newscaster is going to get on somebody's case for things that are bad, then get on somebody's case for things that are bad, okay? People understand the symbolism of a goal scorer getting that done on their leg. They People get that. You know what I mean? And right. And if they get to that big of a deal, then hark on something that's a little more objectively aggressive, like when fighters call each other ridiculous things that are beyond inappropriate and malicious. I don't, again, but in my mind... The thing for me is that I don't think, unless it's something serious like, uh, like breaking pandemic protocols to bring teenage girls into your hotel room and, and risk the safety of your team and of your team staff, or breaking rules for betting violations, for gambling violations. And look, I don't think gambling is a problem. It's like the whole, I mean, I'm, I just finally started watching Last Dance and that was a huge problem in, in Michael Jordan's like career was that he was, he went to Atlantic City and he went gambling for hours into the night and every everyone lost their shit. Like, oh my God, he's a role model. He's the best player. Like, he shouldn't be doing that. But that's just like inactivity. But if it's something where it's bringing people into a hotel that you don't know anyone anything about, you don't know if they have it, you don't know if they've gotten tested. Yeah. Things like that, and 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 people lose their minds. And also, and also, like you said, athletes talking trash, athletes getting into a little scuffle on the field, on the on the court. Like those, those things shouldn't be opinionated. They should maybe be explored. People should ask about it in terms of why would you get into a fight with him? Or what is your relationship with this guy? Or, but it shouldn't be like, this guy's a terrible person. He can't go to the World Cup with England. He got a tattoo of a gun on his leg. Or Conor McGregor called Dustin Poirier, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know, a twat or something. Like, nobody cares. You can ask about it, but don't get to the point where it's like you're, you're judging the person's character. You're trying to think of this is how they should be punished for this thing that they did. It's it's not it's not punishment. It's just how I think the, that they should like go Pierce about Morgan, it. Well, we think Pierce Morgan, you should shut the you should shut up for opening your mouth. Oh, seriously, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I totally think that should have been the route he should have taken. That's what we think. You old English fart. Seriously, it's just... I don't know, it's beyond me. But yeah, uh, another another Englishman doing something weird. Um, yeah. Those English guys are wacky dudes. What can you say? Um, but then, in honor of... Now on to Spain again. And to Barcelona, where Budweiser... You saw that whole thing with Budweiser? Yeah, you saw Messi... Uh... They gave out bottles of beer for his goals. Yes, yeah, so every I think it was every goal that was scored. They like numbered each bottle for like yeah. which number they let up. But they sent some out to goalkeepers. You didn't see that. That was the whole thing. They they sent each goalkeeper that he has scored against to reach the tally, and each bottle was numbered like with which number goal they let up. That's absolutely hilarious. Unbelievable. One of the best marketing moves I've ever seen. Such great shit. And I think the... bottles, or those are like specialty bottles? Oh, you're saying, are they selling them? Yeah. If they're selling them, it's being auctioned by by players themselves, and they're worth probably a lot. I think. I don't think they're selling them. Also, if if we keep it real for a second, that that beer is not good. No. No. No, I mean, it's, it's good shtick. It's a nice souvenir. Yes, it is. I well, think it's great that they give it to those, uh, those goalkeepers. But though. my favorite, <laughs> and I love it, my favorite like bit about it was that Keppa posted on Instagram with this smile from ear to ear of him posing with these bottles like, hey guys, look what I did. I let up two yeah. goals against Messi. It was it was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. He's like completely out of favor with Lampard. Like they're gonna go, they would go with Czech before they would go with Kepa. And this guy just says, you know what? Let's dig a deeper hole. Let's pour more salt into my wound, and and say, hey guys, check it out. I have this, and I'm really proud of it. Even though it's n- not necessarily the best thing to be proud of. Yeah, and everybody was talking about it this past week. Everybody was like, "This is why you can't have nice things." Exactly. This is why you can't have any playing time. This is why we can't. This is why we bought Mendy. Um, what'd you say? Oh, Mendy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. He's too proud of his his poor performances. Um, but now let's jump to France. Thomas Tuchel has officially been sacked this morning. Oh my gosh, yes, biggest moves ever. They're coming in high Argentina. Ah! Someone seems excited about it. I can't really tell, but for those I, listening, I, I it might be dope. Pochettino. I think Mauricio Pochettino is, uh, is a phenomenal coach. Do you think he'll do well there? Um, my my call is yes because if you if you're not doing well at Paris, then you're not fit for sport at all. With the amount of money and talent that they have, if you're not doing well in at PSG as the coach, you you shouldn't be in the sport ever again. Um. Yeah. No, I think he can do very well. Yeah. I mean, look, he he took he took a not 
a not big team and turn him into a big team. Right. Now he's dealing with a big team. Exactly. Exactly. Expectations. It's different egos, right? Right. Harry Kane. Harry Kane was not Harry Kane when Portugal was starting. Harry Kane was a different guy. But that's the thing. His man management. How well is he going to work with Mbappe, Neymar, Icardi? Yeah. Probably the three biggest heads in football. He got three or four guys who view themselves as Harry Kane views himself now. He's got four big egos, and that's just in the front. I don't think Kane is a big ego, though. Who? Kane. No, no, no. no. He's just recognizing his own talent. He has the right to have a big ego, but he's mature enough to not have one. He's big enough. Right, right. right? He's the best out of four. On Paris, those guys have the right to have egos because they're skilled. And let's, let's be real. They totally have those egos. They, they shouldn't. Totally have those egos. So he has to deal with that, which is right. a different thing. Now he's a coach. He's a professional coach, which means he's probably done some research and studying how to deal with people like this. I'm sure he'll do fine because he's a great coach. Yeah. No, so no doubt about that. What we've seen him do before, people probably expect him to do it. The fact that PSG bought him probably means that they also expect him to do, it, to do a good job. Yeah, I would expect to see him do great things at PSG. But it's interesting. So, you know, they're making some money off of a legend again. Exactly. It's another former legend move. Another one. Another one. And then after PSG, I'll go to Real Sociedad. Right? Sociedad? Espanol. Espanol, whatever. I I doubt he'll go. I think they're in, like, the third division now. Espanol in the third division? I, I think they've collapsed completely. That's crazy. Uh, Espanol, or no, they're in the second division, but they're in first place, so they're probably going to come back, and they have a win streak of five games in a row. Huh? Huh? What would you, huh? Would you look at that? Would you look at that? Would you look at that? Um, yeah. So, uh, Overall, you know, we have a um, mutual agreement that he's going to do well. It's going to be fine. Do you think he's going to win a Champions League with them, though? No. No, 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 no. No. Straight away, you don't think so? No, no, no. I don't think PSG has what it takes. You don't think PSG has what it takes? No. They did it last season. No, they didn't. They made it to a final and they lost. They're not going to win. They're not going to win. They can't win. They can't do it. That's fair. All right. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know, but we'll see. I don't think, PS- I don't think PSG will ever win a Champions League final. Ever. <laughs> there's a lot of Parisians who would like to kill you right now. Let me tell you. I said there's a lot of Parisians who would like to kill you right now. I'm Jewish. There's a lot of Parisians who want to kill me anyway. <laughs> That's fair. Um, uh, no, PSG will never win the Champions League because they don't. They don't have the league. They don't have the cojones. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't have the cojones. And and uh, the argument is that well, uh, you could say that the Premier League has the league competition, but they never always win the Champions League. And yeah, you're right. But look how many English teams win the, uh, the Champions League, and look how many French teams win the Champions League. And also they look how many. But look also look how many English teams are. Are playing in the Champions League at once. You can yeah. ha- you can have all the big six in there at one time. Uh-huh. So, 
France is uh, I mean, Paris. The French league is not that competitive, and as good as Paris are, they don't have the same competition. No. And no. I can say Germany doesn't have the same competition, even though they totally do. Italy has the competition, and Spain might not have the competition. But their team, I mean, come on. I mean, as bad as they might be doing, Barcelona Madrid have had to go. <laughs> They're a disgusting team. They always have unreal teams. Yeah. That's fair. Personally, personally, I think, I think that they have the ability to, especially with Pochettino. I think their chances are lifting even more. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. There's no official decisions yet. They'll win a. They'll win a league. Surprise, surprise. But they won't win a championship. Yeah. That might not mean anything for Pochettino doing well, if you look at it like that. Like, that's the one thing they need is a Champions League win. They win the league all the time. They win it almost every year. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, did Wolves just score? No, but there was a clear handball in the box, and they called offside on Cavani for... <sighs> well, Cavani's here has got to stay outside. That's also something I, I really don't like, is that... They should have fit refs at all these games. Yes. Get rid of VAR and have fit refs who have good vision and can run and not guys who look like microwave potatoes. <laughs> Do you know what? Maybe I'll advertise myself as a personal trainer for not for athletes, but for the referees. Yeah. So you want to get in shape? Keep up with the athletes? Yeah. Train with Love Muller, Impact Fitness. Call today. Are you plug? Are you plugging your company into I'm this playing, podcast? I'm right? All those, all those referees we take pot shot, shot, uh, pot shots at. You give me a, give me a call. Contact me through, through the podcast, and I will train you. You'll never get a bad tweet again for a bad call because you'll always be there. I'm just letting you know that's an ad right there. I'm gonna charge you for that. I'm gonna bill you. Plug. Yeah, I'll, I'll send me the check. Yeah, I better get a cut. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, but let's let's finish this off with some transfer talk. It is almost New Year's. The window is gonna open. Do I think any signings are really gonna happen? No. No. But right. But here's here's what we have stirring in the pot. Number one, and thank God this has been shot down already, but earlier this week, for some fucked up use, use, fucked up reason, I saw Mustafi to Barcelona being a thing. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't even know how to go about talking about it. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, that's that's so Bartomeu era, and we're past that. He's gone. Let's get over that. Right. Um, But then Renato Sanchez is seeing his career on an upward turn again. Everyone wants his his signature, but no one can as of yet. And I don't think anyone will in January, but next summer we'll see something. So that's that's big. There was talk of Liverpool. There was talk of... um, a hand, uh, other than Liverpool, I think a handful of, of Premier League teams that wanted to do it. Um, Renato Sanchez. Who is this Renato 
Sanchez. You remember from the Euros in 2016? Dreads. Well, yeah, Portugal. Oh, are you being sarcastic? Or? Very, very sarcastic. Oh. We're not Portuguese. Oh. Look oh, him up. You'll recognize him. Yeah, is he on Bayern? No, he's he left Bayern. He's on Lille now, but they're doing very well, which is another great team, very underrated team. Um, I think they're top of the league, second in the league in France, um, behind Lyon. But the, uh, they, ha I think they're the next. Them and Lyon are are the the new like super talent teams of the of the, of this season and like last season and next season you know what i mean like they're gonna get pulled apart soon um but yeah so renato sanchez looks likely to go somewhere then uh, just stop me when you want to talk about one of them real looks david alaba looks set to leave Bayern, and real look, looks set to be the team to acquire him okay um, that was another thing that came Wait, up. Did you see that Costa one? He's not really a transfer. Diego Costa has terminated. Yeah, they've officially terminated his contract. Where I think his career is over at this point. Yeah. It's sad, but like, whatever, you know, that's it. And I'm a little upset that we didn't get to see a return to Chelsea. Kind of? It would have been interesting. Whoa, Paul Pogba from the 18. All right, yeah, back to it. Sorry. It would have been interesting to see Costa come back to Chelsea and see what he would do. But honestly, I didn't have that much of a high hope. Like, he's old. He doesn't play the same anymore. I don't think he scored a goal in like the past two seasons. Costa? Yeah, he's not. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised they're champions. Not so yeah, so uh, personally, I think he's, I think that's it. I think that's it for Costa's career. We're yeah. seeing the end of, of that. Yeah. Um, Cavani, here are my two favorite stories. Edinson Cavani is getting an extension, hopefully. Soon, um, he doesn't need extensions, he's got hair long enough. That's it. Oh, <laughs> god, that was pretty good, though. I'll give it to you. Thank you very much. I'll take it. Um, Cavani is yes, so Cavani is set to get a contract extension for I think a year or two. And are you buckled in? Um, sure, Christian Erickson is leaving Inter in January. To? Nobody knows yet, but he's leaving oh, Inter in January. Oh, so that's going to be God. the talk of the town for all of the winter transfer window. I'm fucking excited. Okay. Before I say where I think he's going to go, where do you think he'll go? I don't, I really don't know. I, I can't really, like, I personally, I, I can't. I already know where he's going to go. I can't, I can't assess what his quality I can't you can't really grade what his quality is anymore you don't know if, you don't know if he's a gamble or if he's a good buy I think he'll go back to Spurs I would like to see it but it's not gonna happen 
Who where's do you think he's going to go? Come on, think, think, think. You know where he's going to go. Say it. I have, I have no idea. If you're thinking of a Premier League reject thing, he's already no. at Inter. He's not. He's not going to the Premier League. He's not going to the Prem. At all. Where is he going? If you don't think he's going to the Prem and he's leaving, is he leaving Syria? He's leaving Syria. I don't know. Dortmund? Follow the breadcrumbs. Follow the breadcrumbs. Where is he going? How the hell am I supposed to follow the breadcrumbs that aren't there? He left a certain team from the Prem to go, right? To Inter. To Inter. Now he's leaving Inter. Where would he go? PSG. Oh, you're thinking a real... Oh! Reunited with Pochettino! I will convince my Arabian owner, or whoever he is, wherever he's from. Wow. Because I can trust him, he trusts me, and we work well together. That is an interesting... With guys like Di Maria and Mbappe and Neymar and Icardi. But then I would pin I would pin them for a Champions League win within the next couple seasons. Dude, you're never going to win the Champions League. I, I would pin them for a Champions League win. I don't think he would go there just to be, you know, Pochettino's main man. I don't think he would go there to be Pochettino's main man just to win a couple French leagues and French cups. I don't... I don't think they will ever win a Champions League. If he goes there because he believes in a Champions League, then by all means, go there to win a Champions League. But I'm saying it's a good fit. Pochettino likes him and trusts him, and he can deliver on a lot of assists. That's, that's a good so take, though. He will go to PSG. That is my call. He goes to PSG. Okay. Oh, my call gave me chills. I got goose pimples. Yeah. Right, sweet. I like that one. That, that was, re- yeah. Okay. I, I see that. I, it's either that for me or a return to Spurs. Because I, I think he does see the Inter move as a regret, and he I think he sees the quality that Spurs are at now. What, and the problem yeah, I mean, is... They play different. They don't, they don't play the same attack like Right, but if they have, if they have Ericsson, they have a guy that they can rely on in that attacking midfield. Right now, they are rotating between... Ndombele, Lacelso, and uh, yeah, Lacelso, and and they have all those guys that can do it. And he doesn't. He he got rid of Eriks in the first place. Like he's not gonna take him back. He didn't get. He wanted Eriksson to stay. Let's get that straight. He wanted Eriksson to stay. Before we continue with Eriksson, this by the way, he's going to PSG. He's not gonna go back to Spurs. It'd be cool, but he's not gonna do it. Did you see who Jose Mourinho is interested in? Because he's only got six months up on his contract. Um, oh. He's old, and... Uh, yeah, I know. Better, uh, and he's made the best of the past, like, ten years. What'd you say? He's, what, ten years? He's old, he's made the FIFA's best 11 for the past ten years, and he's a defender. Ramos? Yeah. Ah, uh, I don't see that. Sir, I saw a rumor. That's a very interesting rumor. And that would be insane. 
That would be crazier than Thiago Silva going to Chelsea, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't know how much I see that, though. You think you'd make him captain if that happened? Do you think they'd make him captain? Yeah, I don't think they'd make him captain. Uh, I think I think they I don't think they would hesitate to make him captain. Nah, you gotta get used to the team first. Like I think if anybody's gonna be captain instead of Hugo Lloris, it's gonna be Harry Kane. After after a couple games. Could you imagine three international captains on the same team? Ah. Wow. Four. Three. Who's wait? Who's the three? Who's the three? We should make the best eleven. Who's the three? Who are the three that you're talking about? Loris Kane. And then... Yeah, and then Son. That's four. Oh, Son is four. And then... Oh, yeah. Wow. And then what? Who? Who's not the captain? Lucas Mora. Oh, no. He's not even close. No, not even close. Yeah, England's captain, South Korea's captain, Spain's captain, France's captain. Well, we'll hold on. Spain's captain is really cool. Uh, I think that's it. Let me get a more captain. No, is Arthur Weirald the captain? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but I'm not sure. I don't think he's the Belgian captain. I think it's Courtois. It is Courtois. It would be Hazard, but he can't fit the band around his arm because he's so fat. (laughs) So mean. mean. True, though. He's, He's supposed to be back. (laughs) <laughs> for the next game. Um, and then, uh, last, last, last thing. Um, the, the, it's so stupid to me. It's so stupid to me, and I hate it. But every year, they have this, like, supercomputer thing predicting the final table based on the Christmas, um, you know, outcomes. Right. So their bottom three, which I agree with because they've just been overall shit teams, is Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield. That's that's just how they have an ending, which is how it is, and it makes sense because... Oh, no. Never mind. I'm reading it wrong. That's their current position. They think that Burnley, Sheffield, and West Brom are going to get relegated. Burnley, Sheffield, West Brom are going to be relegated? And they think Fulham's going to escape. I mean, look, man, it's pretty close, though. Now, now here's where it gets interesting. They have Arsenal still finishing bottom half of the table. I believe that. But then they have a top four of... From four to one, Chelsea, United, Leicester, Liverpool winning again, which I don't think is going to happen. And then they have Spurs finishing seventh and City finishing eighth. Uh, With Everton and Southampton taking fifth and sixth, respectively. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know, right? It's. uh, I don't know why they keep doing it. I think I think they got the winners right for last year, but that's not saying much. 
They were 20 points ahead of everybody by Crispus. Crispix. A blind monkey could have made that call. Exactly. Oh, Bruno. Oh, what a block. Please be a handball. Oh, yes. Foul. Okay, I'm cool with that. Oh, just kidding. That wasn't the last thing. Here's the last thing. Okay. There's a, this is why I hate individual awards, but Globe came out with an award for the best team of the century, the best agent of the century, the best player of the century, and the best coach of the century. I think it's Globe. Globe? Like the theater? No. Like what is Globe? Globe, yeah, uh, Globe Soccer Award. Ah. Also known as the Dubai Doors. It's so stupid. But it's a Globe, a Globe Soccer Award. So, their best agent of the century, which I don't care, was George Mendez, which, fine, is Ronaldo's agent, is everybody's agent. Okay. Yeah, not the best, not the best Asian of the century. Yeah, probably. Um, their best team of the, and it's so stupid that they say century, like, their, their team of, no, it's, it's, it's just, it's really just a, a singular entity, it's not like of any season, it's just that team for the past 100 years, it, it's really a stupid title, and it was real, like, sure, fine, give it to them, because in the history of the sport, which is what we're basing it on right now, yeah, they've been the best team because, <laughs> like, they have the most champions league. Exactly. Sure. Fine. And then their best coach of the century, which I don't agree with, is Pep. Pep. Um. I don't agree with that. Are they, are they just doing it by numbers? I, maybe it's true. I think it's. I think it's the same. I think it's some silly reporter voting process because if they were doing it by numbers alex ferguson would have won it or or bob paisley would have won it or somebody else would have won it it wouldn't be pet that's for sure and then their best player of the century was ronaldo like ronaldo from brazil cristiano Right, it's it's all it's. There needs to be a, an award. If they're gonna do individual awards, they need to do it based on fan voting that isn't rigged and everything, and not biased news outlets that. They just want these guys to show up at the kids' birthday party so they give them. A yeah, it's it's literally that's what it is. It's just a ploy to they like wanted, get these guys at their at their events. And it's so, it's so broken. It's so broken. Cause you see what that. You know with... like? I thought, you watch this, you, did you watch the people football thing? It came up, it resurfaced on my YouTube feed after Maradona passed away. And it was the, uh, the rivalry between Maradona and Pele. And how FIFA came out with the player of the century award. And they gave it to Pele, or they gave it to Mar whatever it was. Like they gave it to one of them, the other one was happy, and people were very upset. They made another award, 
And Maradona was like, that's stupid because they gave me, that's not fair. And they think that was sort of like fuels rivals. So they probably did it just to fuel the rivalry. Yeah. Forever and ever and ever. It's, and it, and it, only, it only creates more distress among the fans. Like, I, I don't think... Yeah, but they you know, other that. other than those, other than those that like, there are, but there are years where it, it makes sense. There, are, let's say from like, uh, two thousand, uh, I don't remember that far, but let's say from like two thousand four on to two thousand and fifteen, the best coach, the best eleven, the best player, those awards made sense. They were undisputed. Everyone agreed. Other than like the Real Madrid fans and the Barcelona fans who were completely delusional. Everyone agreed. About what? About like, oh, it should have been Messi this year. It should have been Ronaldo this year. Like, uh, shut up. Get on with it. Like, it was, it was an award, you know, the awards were given out fairly. It, it makes sense. But... In those years, it made more sense than it does from, let's say, 2016 to 2020, which isn't that long of a time span, but it just gets more and more weird. Yeah, people just want to talk about it. But did you see that their uh, tackles claiming that he's a great Kelly's record? Yeah, Santos was like, count all the friendly matches. The 600 goals you scored were friendly, like, oh my god. Yeah. You guys are so salty. And I'm I'm sure that also that, like, Messi probably has, like, 600 goals from friendlies that they never counted. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking about that. I was like, he's got 600 from friendlies, I'm sure Messi's got about... 4,000. Like, if you tied up all their goals, Messi probably outdoes them by 400 goals. You know what they should, you know what, he should, they should be like, oh yeah, well what about Messi's, like, youth days at Newell's Old Boys? Like, oh, he's probably scored like 10 goals a game. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> They're clinging on. It's, yeah. it's kind of sad almost. It's like Brazil is... Or at least Santos is still clinging on to what they had. But, uh, but that makes sense because Brazil, it's not just that it's Messi, it's the fact that he's Argentine. That's the other part of it, is that because Brazil's biggest rivalry is with Argentina. So it's not just because it's Messi and they're, you know, Pele's the best in the world. It's the fact that Pele's the best in the world, there's no way in Argentine to a Trump has I see that. It's uh, no, I don't think it's surprising, but I think it's it's sad. You really see the decline of one of the best countries in in the sport. You know, like like I've been saying, where it's they don't have the same type of teams anymore. It's all their whole team is composed of guys who just want to you know be fancy instead of actually. Be fancy, but also get the yeah. job done. I can name a few that don't. I can name Coutinho as a team player. Arthur. Yeah, Coutinho, Arthur, Casemiro, most of the defenders, but but there's too much Neymar. of like... It's Neymar. It's Neymar and the guy from the group. 
Flipping the one, but oh, Vinicius, yeah, Vinicius and Neymar. And Rodrigo, no, is Rodrigo also uh, Brazilian? Or am I making a mistake? The guy on Leeds? No, oh, isn't there a guy on Madrid named Rodrigo? Am I making that up? Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's Brazilian, no? Yeah, I think yeah. I think you know. Um, well? Do you know Everton in Brazil? The team? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, everything. But didn't he get one of the players? Oh, 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 yes! Sorry, Rashford just saved us at the death. Wow, that's wild. Wow, that's a win. Ninety fourth minute, right? Ninety fourth minute. Oh, yes. I just guessed that. Pretty impressive. I could see, I could see VAR turning this over for no reason, though. Um, I could see VAR turning it over for no reason. Um, what were you saying? Sorry. Um, Everton. Yeah, I think if you replaced Neymar with Everton as that as that like creative guy on the outside who plays fancy, but who also wants to get the job done, he would be the perfect guy to replace him. Wait, wasn't Everton the guy that died in the airplane? No. Who was that? That was an entire team of of the Chapquanza no, team. No, 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 Some guy was supposed to come to a team. Oh no, he's Brazilian, but that was um. Was he going to Everton? No, he was going to Cardiff. Okay. Uh, what was his name? Emiliano something, I think. Everton. Sala, Emiliano Sala. Ah, that's why. That's why. Right. And he's not even Brazilian, though. Oh, well, that's awesome. Then never mind. Then forget the whole thing. Um, but uh, wow. Yeah, wow. What a what a way to end the day. Yeah. Right. Ugh. Finally. Huh? Um, yeah, um, that'll be it for, for this episode for, what is it, episode eight now? I think it's eight. Episode, I think episode eight. That's, that's all for this week's, this week's episode, um, but, you know, tune in next time for more. Thank you for listening. Again, you know, hit us up on Instagram, on email. I say it every week, the Instagram is, uh, let me talk. PC, I think, is like the thing, like the letters PC for podcast. Um, and then the email is, or you could just look up Let Me Talk Podcast on Instagram and then just DM us any questions or comments or opinions you have. Uh, same thing with the email, which is Let Me Talk 4231 at Gmail. Um, you know, let us, let us know what you want us to talk about next or if you have any opinions on what we talked about. And, uh, question, question, comments, and concerns, and uh, thank you for listening, and see you next time.